as we're told things like time is money you know time is money is false and is um a very um important it's an important thing to understand why that's false and and why believing that will always keep you poor it will always keep you busy and it will always keep you broke i had to ask myself the question what am i going to do to bring cash into the business to keep the business alive uh, but the great thing is that there are people out there who have, who have done that work and made it really accessible but, but the number one place once you have determined what it is you're talking about is to make a decision about how much do you really want this of the storytelling series for small businesses and content creators. In Obehi Podcast, we talk about the power of your story, your narrative, and why you should own your voice. Whether you are a small business owner, a content entrepreneur, or you simply want to build your influence, storytelling is probably going to be your best instrument to connect with your audience. So join the awakened few who are owning their voices. Now let's get started with today's episode. Obehi, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, ladies and gents, thank you so much for joining this room today. Um, by way of introduction, my name is Yinka Ewola. I am a business strategist, um, I coach and I consult. And my um, passion, my obsession and the work that I do focuses on supporting women in business. Um, and I support those women to build wealth in and through their businesses. And the way that I do that is to help them in the in the areas that are key for the business, which is cash flow and business strategy, and the business owner, which is looking at mindset and habits. So uh, I'm really excited to be here with you, Obehi, and to share um, insights on this incredibly important topic. Um, and I'm also grateful for every person in the audience. It's so great to see so many familiar faces. Um, and I just wanna say thank you straight out the gate. Uh, I super, super appreciate your time um, and attention, ladies and gents. And I'm really looking forward to being able to answer your questions as well. When we say cash flow, can you give us a background? What really are we talking about? Let's pick it up from there. Um, yeah, it's a really great question and it's a good place to start. And the reason um, it's a great place to start is because nine out of 10 times when we talk about cash flow, the idea or the word or the people that come to mind are accountants. And more often than not, it really doesn't have to do with anything to do with the accountants. Um, cash flow um, is, as the word suggests, it is about the flow of cash. Um, so it is about understanding how to call it in. It is also about understanding how to use it well. 
it's about understanding not only how to make it, but how to keep it, how to amplify it, how to invest it, and how to ensure that your money is working for you and not just the other way around. And so the reason why I am passionate about that definition of cash flow is because um, I do believe it was, um, what is this guy called? This I will, let me say the quote, but he, he said that if you don't learn how to make money in your sleep, you will be working um, every day until you die. And so the fact is that we hear the word cash flow and, and you know, people, particularly accountants, I, I often have uh, many accountants who are very unhappy that I am not an accountant and talking about cash flow. But what I am talking about is the flow of cash as it relates to wealth, because who is in business not to create wealth? Who doesn't want more wealth? Who doesn't want more impact, more opportunity, more um, creativity and all of the things that, that cash gets to bring into our world? And so what cash flow is, is about the flow of cash, but specifically for, to, to our advantage rather than just the other way around. All right, that's that, that's very that's very important. And I also like the quote that you shared there. That, that was really powerful. Thank you for sort of giving us the uh, the sound under our feet, so we can put, so we can have a place to rest. Now we can understand uh, the rest that you're going to be uh, explaining to us. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. No uh, now I was sharing with you before uh, we opened the room to the public just now uh, that this is not what we talk about often. Even though this is what we should be talking about often. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. So that's a, that's what sort of lead me to maybe that is a miseducation uh, of money uh, within the African diaspora community. But that is who we are. That is our primary target audience. I'm here in Italy. Uh, you are there in the UK. Uh, of course, we have a lot of people in the audience who are in the US. Uh, people coming from Canada or other people that are in Africa. We don't need to have a, a better understanding of how money works. So. Do you would you say that there is a miseducation of money within the African diaspora community, for example? I would say that there's a miseducation um, around money, full stop, in every single community, in every single culture around the world. And the reason we know this is because there are so many pieces of of uh, what is what can only be described as common wisdom that are complete and utter nonsense and are really, really unhelpful. So some of the things that we are told um, as people who want to run a business, as people who want to, uh, you know, improve the state of our lives, we're told things like time is money. You know, time is money is false and is um, a very um, important, it's an important thing to understand why that's false and, and why believing that will always keep you poor. It will always keep you busy and it will always keep you broke. Other um, you know, things that we're told, again, that are incredibly unhelpful, charge your worth. You know, we're told to, you know, if we want to uh, put pro um, offers out into the marketplace, you know, our, uh, our gurus are telling us to, you know, go out there, charge your worth. That is the worst. That is the worst advice. Um, it's uh, the worst advice for a number of different reasons, but it also conflates things that actually don't have anything to do with one another. Your worth and the value of the transformation of your offer in the marketplace are completely unrelated. So charge your worth is also unhelpful. 
The idea that that um, you know you need money to make money is also something that I hear very often and is also false. You don't need money to make money at all. And and when that is shared, it is it tells me that the the person saying it doesn't understand the nature of money. Money is a store of value. Money is a form of energy. Money, you know, is representative of something. You you don't need money to make money. There are plenty of people on the planet who started with zero, who started with less than zero and have lots of money today. And so there is a miseducation around money. Um, there is an additional layer of, of miseducation around uh, what I would call underrepresented groups for us here in the West. And so um, it's, it always makes me smile that women are an underrepresented group when we are a highest proportion of the population, riddle me that. But, you know, um, I speak about it often because it wasn't so long ago that women were, that, you know, they weren't owners of property, they were considered property. And so the social messaging for women around money um, has an additional layer of disadvantage, an additional layer of unhelpfulness. So, yeah, there is a miseducation for women, uh, for people of the global majority who live as ethnic minorities in, in you know, Western environments. Um, but I think that there is a miseducation full stop. because And the reason I say that is because ultimately there's a lot of money worship. There's a lot of people believing that, you know, the person with more money is a better human, is, a, is, is more worthy, more helpful, more this, more that. Absolutely not that someone who has more money has learnt the language of money and they speak the language. But it's a learnable language, it's a learnable skill, and it's something that we all can access if we choose to do so. Wow, I love that. I love that. You see, when you bring out um, a particular topic, uh, you are speaking as an expert, then it ends as an expert without letting it know that they too can become that expert, they too can become good in it. The, the audience sort of are left without hope. But if we come to how you conclude this conversation, say that ah, anybody can learn it, then there is a lot of hope in the world, which means people can actually rise from the level they are to where they actually supposed to be. I love that. That is very interesting. A couple of years ago, uh, not long ago actually, I read the book, uh, The Science of Getting Rich by Walter Wallace. I think at, at a point in the book, uh, the author was saying something, of course, that you are saying, that because the book is it's an old book, was written in 1910, uh, that if you, need, if you have money, you don't need money. Because you already have money, so you're not the one looking for money. The person that is looking for money is the one who do not have money. And then Walter Wallen, of course, uh, went on to uh, explain that irrespective of where you find yourself, irrespective of where you might live, as long as there are people to deal with, you can always make money. That there are rules that are just the way money works. That is what we need to understand. It's not like we don't talk about, all of us, we use money every day. All of us, we have some little or some more money. All the, we touch money all the time. If I, it's very tricky sometimes that if we take our paycheck, like uh, um, your pay list, and make a calculation of how much money Really pass your hand in a year, you will be surprised. Like, really, this all this money just passed through me. Maybe, for example, you are uh, you are a worker at uh, the nine to five. You ask yourself that that would be that would surprise if you get up, make the calculation, just like look at it. How much really passed through you in the end by the end of the year? Then you ask yourself, but how much of it really remains? 
It's not because we don't have money. It's because we don't know how it works. I think that is where the education is absolutely important. So thank you for that sharing. I, I love that. I really love that. I'm talking of education, Yinka. Where are we supposed to start from? Because this is some this is kind of a societal problem now. I've interviewed some experts uh, also in the US and even right there in the UK within the area of finance. And what we usually end up with is that a lot of people, irrespective of the community you are referring to, have very little knowledge about money. And maybe that might explain why we have a lot of uh, the global population do not know how money works. They continue to work for very few percentage of people who maybe understand how money works. You can take up a book, for example, the, the Richest Man in Babylon. That also explains something very important, how somebody who didn't have money before uh, eventually become rich. And there are, there are sort of rules that sort of guide it. So help me understand that. Where are we supposed to start from in learning about cash flow? Uh, what a great question. Um, I think uh, the starting place um, is not dissimilar to where you started this conversation. So I would say that the starting place is first understanding the definition. Uh, you talked about a really interesting phenomenon. The fact is that cash is in all of our lives. Um, but just in the same way that we would never say that somebody who lived by the sea knew how to swim just because they lived by the sea. It's exactly the same with us and, and cash. The fact that it is in our pockets and purses and we are close to it, we have that proximity. Proximity is not the same as mastery. And so the first thing that we need to really be clear about is what we are talking about. I was about to say a bad word there. <laughs> what are we talking about when it comes to cash? And specifically, what does cash mean and represent in the context of a business? What does cash mean and represent in the context of um, our personal finances? And what does it mean and represent in the context of our lives? Now, the great thing about that is that there are people out there, of which I am one, where, um, you know, that we've made that our lives work. We've made it really accessible and easy for people to understand that. I have read every one of the books that you've mentioned so far is a book that I've read. Um, and then I've made it my business to make it easily accessible. No, people, not everybody has time to read 300 pages in order to find, you know, five great ideas. Uh, but the great thing is that there are people out there who have, who have done that work and made it really accessible. But, but the number one place, once you have determined what it is you're talking about, is to make a decision about how much do you really want this? Because at the end of the day, while you rightfully spoke, um, Obehi, and you said that there is hope, of course, there is always hope. If there's life, there's hope. But you need to decide how important it is to you. For me, I've decided that it is incredibly important because, what, because of what money gets to represent in my life. I am somebody who I do not want to have to negotiate with problems. I want to be able to finance solutions. There are many things in the world that I perceive to be a problem other people don't care about. And I'm like, why should they care? I'm the person that is passionate about that, that particular thing. I'm the person who has been given that, that spark in my, uh, in my heart to make it better. So I'm the person who should go and create the wealth and, the, and to master the cash in order to go and solve that problem. And so because cash gets to mean that I no longer have to negotiate with problems, I can finance solutions. Cash gets to mean that I can change the trajectory of, you know, my descendants 
and they can live a different life than, than my ancestors gave to me. Because cash gets to mean that I am able to, you know, really express my values in the world. I can express kindness. I can express love. I can express joy. I can express creativity and innovation in a way that is not hindered by my bank account. I'm also someone who doesn't like it when other th other people or things make decisions for me. And I'm done. I'm, I decided that I'm done with my bank account making decisions. I want to be in a position to make a decision. And the only way that I could do that is to make sure that cash wasn't standing in my way. And so once we are clear about what cash is, then we get to decide how important is it to us that we are able to master it in order to create um, the, the, the life we want today, but also the future we want to see tomorrow. All right. Mastery. Those are really very important terms. <laughs> uh, it is important. Mastery. All right. Uh, this is something I don't usually do here because, uh, but in my podcast, Obehi podcast, I usually go about, uh, start with the backstory. We know who, we know you. That would just go back to know where you're coming from and then move into what you do. But I don't usually do it here for time's sake. But because of the peculiarity of our conversation today, I would like to ask you something. Now, at a point, you were not as good at this about finance or cash flow. But it got to it got to a point that you knew you wanted to know this. What were your steps? What did you do to help you know this so that you cannot <laughs> speak of it? With authority um do you want the short answer or the long answer <laughs> it was a long answer we are here all for you okay um the long answer and which is very akin to the short answer is the how did i go about learning about cash the the, the answer is blood sweat and tears it truly blood sweat and tears anyone who has spent any time listening to my story knows that i came into business when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer so she was fighting for her life and trying to also fight for her business. And, you know, we didn't, she didn't have a history of cancer in her family. It was very, very virulent and we were very, very worried. And I, you know, I looked and, and made a decision. I said, you know, I only get one mum. There's all the time in the world to make money. I, I was in a banking career at the time. So I stepped out of my banking career to support her in business so that she could fight for her life. And, you know, I'm grateful to say that my mom, my mom is better than well. She's incredible. She beat cancer. She kicked cancer's butt. She went climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro to celebrate 10 years free of cancer. But um, the, the point in terms of that particular story was when you go into a business and, a, and the business is struggling and the business owner is struggling, you find out very, very quickly what the most important things are to keep the lights on in that business. And it is, it was, I discovered it was none of the things that everybody was telling me about. That business was, was and is incredible. They had awards, they had staff, they had offices, they had um, incredible logos and brand, um, you know, guidelines and all of those things. But then I also discovered that if you have no cash, you have no business. It doesn't matter what it looks like from the outside. And so I, as I said, through blood and sweat and tears, learned very quickly that it was the, the difference between a business that is alive and a business that is not is cash. And so that was where I had to start. I had to ask myself the question, what am I going to do to bring cash into the business to keep the business alive? 
And that is the question uh, that I began to ask each and every day. That was, you know, that was the question that made me cry more times than I care to admit to the 20 plus people in the room right now. Um, but that was the question I asked. And that's the question I continue to ask because fundamentally, People didn't care about the fact that my mum was fighting for her life. People did not care that we had fabulous logos and brilliant ideas and awards. And what they cared about were their own problems and the things that they wanted to, to have solved in their world. And what they cared about was whether we were able to do that for them. And so I had to learn very quickly about what was important and what wasn't important. And as I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of continuous learning, continuous improvement, but I was also very, very frustrated at the lack of good quality education out there. And it's it still persists till today. And that's the reason why we see 90% of businesses here in the UK go out of business within five years of starting. That education is still poor. People still are not focusing on cash flow. They're doing all the other things, don't get me wrong. They've got beautiful personal brands and they've got brilliant, you know, logo colors and all those things. And, and I, I have no shade for any of that. That stuff is important if it is put in the right order. And the right order is cash. You start with cash, you focus on cash, you shore up the foundation of your business and it enables you to create magic and impact in all the other places. We care about our community. We want more cash to be in the African diaspora community because we need it. We need to be able to build infrastructure. We need to be able to build businesses. I'm coming from a background of a research. Uh, Overhead podcast is coming from over eight years of research about the presence of Africans in Northern Italy. And until date, as they go around gathering information. Now, there are a lot of things that I see around. Of course, I, I would, time will not permit me to be able to share everything, but just few, uh, so at least we have a perspective. Uh, now, in the community where I live, I want to believe that it's like that in some, in some other places, maybe not in all the places. Of course, you are in the UK, you can confirm. Most of the people who sell the food that we consume, the clothes that we wear, uh, the earring, and even the artificial hair that we put on sometimes upon our hair to cover our natural hair, are not us. We are not the ones selling them. We are just buying, which means that we go to work our ass out, we get the money, we give it to other people who are in our community. But the, 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 my question, my curiosity is, what if that money, what if that money is collected by us so that we go to work for other people, but we bring the money to the community. Now, this, this money is given to one of us who has a business. Then we go to so that there can be a circulation among us instead of just bringing the money giving it to somebody who takes it to maybe uh, china or asia or bangladesh to invest in their place maybe i'm overstressing the issue but I i'm just asking you <laughs> tell me what do you feel about that i don't i don't think you are overstressing the issue i think what you're describing is really important the collective economics is is such a powerful concept and one that i think is going to be transformative uh, you know, within all communities, but collective economics starts with personal responsibility. And I think that that is where we really need to create um, and focus on. I cannot, first of all, one thing, and I, I often say this to my clients, you know, in my uh, cash flow spaces, you, you have no idea what's in other people's bank accounts, and it isn't for you to guess or wonder. 
Equally, you cannot control or legislate how people spend their money or their time or any of those other things. But what you can do is create a compelling reason, a compelling opportunity for them to spend it with you. This is exactly what we've done here. You, you know, we have, uh, you know, presented to LinkedIn and said, you know, we've got a session today, cash flow success for small business. People are busy. Like my brain is boggled how many people are in the room right now. And I'm so grateful to each and every one of them because they could be anywhere else in the world and they've decided to spend some time with us. And so it's now for us to come good on the promises that we've made. And, and when it comes to cash and when it comes to kind of the ideas around cash, it's exactly the same. Personal responsibility, what, what I often talk about and refer to as radical responsibility, is a really important part of the mindset that is going to bring cash into your world. I said it before, and, and you know, people, anyone who spends any time with me will know that I am, you know, I'm, I'm a very direct speaker and I, I will always say it as it is. I don't know if it's the Yoruba or the South London or the combination of the two, but I'm not somebody to mince my words. And what, I what I've said before, and I will say again, nobody cares about your problem. Nobody cares, you know, I, it's not because, you know, someone loves the red scarf on my LinkedIn profile picture that someone's going to give me cash. That's not the way the world works. People, anybody who takes it upon themselves to give me cash is giving me cash because they believe that what I'm going to give them in return is worth more than the value of the cash that they're going to give me. That's it. That's, that's the only thing, A, that makes cash move and B, that makes it worth it. And so what we need to really focus on and how we get to change our lives is to we get good at the things that makes cash come in our direction. And, and that's the thing. You, you mentioned racism earlier, that we're definitely going to have a separate conversation on that. But what I what I do know for sure is that the the desire to change, I get to change the legacy that I am leaving behind for my descendants. You know, it isn't because they're not going to experience racism or I'm not experiencing racism. I experience racism every single day. I live in the United Kingdom. It's probably one of our specialities, if I'm honest. But that's not the point. The point is that in the meantime, I, I have a decision to make about where I'm going to focus, what I'm going to look at and how I'm going to use my energy and attention because energy flows where attention goes. And so I focus and the reason why I do the work that I do is I encourage everyone in business to focus on cash because cash is what makes your business stay alive, uh, keep alive. Um, and it enable it is a what's called a ubiquitous resource. It is a resource that can be turned into any other thing. And so that's the reason why you focus on it first. It always makes me smile when I speak to women and they say, oh, you know, I'm going to come and sort out my cash flow after I've sorted out my website, or I'm going to sort out my cash flow after I've, you know, done this training course. And I always say in my own mind, you need to put it in reverse, because once you have the cash, you can buy the support to get the website done. Unless your website is a selling mechanism, <clears throat> and for many, many, many I can't stress as many many's as I need to, to stress, but for many people, their website is not a selling mechanism. It is a beautiful storefront, fantastic, but it's not selling a damn thing. And as a result of that, it's not bringing any cash into your world. 
And so that's the reason why my, you know, my philosophy, my mantra is focus on the cash. You focus on the cash so that you don't have to focus on the cash. Because if you're in business and you don't focus on cash, trust me, it will force you to focus on it when the time comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, that, when that time comes, you, you have nowhere to run to. Exactly. You're going to that. be faced with the reality. Exactly that. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, uh, I was thinking, as you were explaining, on, of the idea of value, that what we're actually exchanging is value. But most importantly, the story behind it. So I don't know how much story uh, storytelling plays in your work, but I just want to throw it out anyway. That sometimes I have to ask my some of my guests, how come, how possible is it that uh, some company in the West could manage to get to Congo or in Nigeria or in Sierra Leone and they tell them, okay, listen, I found something beautiful in your land. Now, I am going to dig a hole in your land to get that thing. Now, inside my briefcase, there are some papers. I will give you this paper that is equivalent to the hole that I'm digging in your land. Of course, we can see that logically it doesn't make any sense because how many euro can we pack from the European country to dig that hole in Congo? Or how many dollars can we pack from the United States to fill the hole that is left uh, by oil exploration in the Niger Delta or in Kiev, in Congo, or in other parts of the world where those raw material has been taken from. How did we come to accept that that is the situation, that is true, that is equal, that is right? That is, I mean, I'm trying to understand here uh, how the story we tell ourselves can influence how we manage to accept that the treatment that we have for each other in terms of the transaction is fair okay i can put it to you again you <laughs> might choose to respond to or you might choose to ignore it because i understand that today was not specifically for storytelling no but i'm just story, i'm just curious i was gonna say story is a massive part of cash flow don't so yeah I, you as you were explaining it there i was smiling because there are the stories we tell ourselves is is such an important part of us as human beings um what I will say, uh, ladies and gents, is um, please, we don't just want this to be a, of course, it's a, a fantastic dialogue. And Obehi is taking me on all of my tra- all of my learning around, you know, African history through the lens of economics and those things. But honestly, this is about, you know, this is about you and your small business. If you've got a question, please raise your hand. We'd love to um, have you, um, you know, come and talk to us. We want to make sure that we are making this as useful as it can be in the time you're giving us. Um, Obehi, back to your question around how we accept the status quo and um, and and the stories we tell ourselves in terms of impact. Honestly, it is a real. This is why mindset and and the role that mindset plays in this area is so important. Ultimately, um, you know, it, something as simple as the idea of employment versus entrepreneurship. Um, the idea that that going, you know, uh, I'm, um, you know, I'm someone whose parents, you know, they came here to study um, and the, the idea of studying was to get a good, safe job. Um, you can't see me. Obviously, we're in an audio room, but I have air quotes right now because we were told that jobs were safe. And actually, when we think about it, that is the biggest fairy tale of all. How can a job? Oh, yeah, it's safe because the company is big. Um, hello. We were all 
there. I don't know that we have any, uh, you know, later millennials in the room. We were all there when Lehman Brothers, um, you know, fell apart. That was 2008. That was the biggest investment bank on Wall Street. I know because I was an investment banker at the time. I know because I, you know, went to the Lehman Brothers offices often and they had a, you know, a fair, a Ferris wheel fairground themed uh, canteen. It was the most miraculous thing I had ever seen in my natural life. And that business failed and, and with it took down, you know, so many other businesses, thousands of jobs, millions of pounds. And yet we are sold the story that because the company is big, that, that it is safer for us to go and get a job than it is for us to take our, um, our lives and our decisions in our own hands and go and start a business. That even just the idea of entrepreneurship being risky and employment being safe is a story. We tell ourselves stories all the time. Why? To keep ourselves safe, to soothe ourselves, to enable us to, to do what we want to do and believe what we want to believe. But as we, you know, as I highlighted at the top of the conversation, we're told stories all the time about money that are completely untrue. And as a result of that, what we, what we then see later on is the negative consequences of believing false stories. The fact is that the reason why I chose to master cash is because it is ubiquitous. I can turn my cash into any other thing I want. I have big dreams, big plans across the world for, you know, people that look like me, for people who don't look like me. The language of getting that done in this world is cash. And the fact is that I'm, I refuse to allow the, the dreams that I have to die with me because I, I didn't have the skill or the knowledge um, to bring the cash in needed to make those happen. And so, Abehi, what you described in terms of, you know, our forefathers and mothers and those decisions, I can't even, it is heartbreaking to hear. And it's even more heartbreaking to see the results of those decisions. But, you know, they believed false stories then. And, and to be honest, we're still believing false stories now. We're being sold lies left, right and centre. And so for me, I'm not out here to judge them. I'm here to make sure that I'm not just blindly following false stories myself. And I'm and I'm here to make sure that I don't allow my children to just go into blindly believing those same stories. They they get a different future because I chose not to just go on what I was told from the past. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. I really do. All right. I want to ask another question at the edge. Um, because okay, yes, it's not directly cash flow, but it's related to cash to cash flow. <laughs> ask <laughs> away, ask away. It's it's all, all right. fun. It's all fun. <laughs> all right. In that in our community, the African diaspora community, we are in for businesses. We like the idea that people should be holding their business. But we find out here that when you are in the West, particularly, you have the opportunity to be able to take up a job. And that job sometimes it looks like a sugar. <laughs> in the mouth of a goat. <laughs> I don't know if you ever see a goat eating sugar or salt, something like that. It's I really so haven't. sweet. I, no, I really no, 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 no. But it's also a trap. <laughs> Isn't it just? And and you know why it's a trap? Because we are we're believing the story that our safety and security comes from something else. And the fact is that our safety and security doesn't come from a job. 
It doesn't come from, you know, being married, you know, as, as a member, you know, as a Yoruba woman, we, we have a really big thing about, you know, getting married and, you know, you are who you're, you know, you are as good as who you're married to and all of that jazz. Um, you know, my safety and security, my worth, my value as a human, as a woman, as a, as a beating living soul has nothing to do with who I decided to marry, with the choices I decided to, to um, engage in that, that has put cash in my bank account. You know, money has nothing to do with human value. As humans, we are all innately valuable, priceless, truly, truly priceless. Money is fantastic for what it is good for, but it is also completely useless in, in spaces that it is not helpful. I'll never forget the the, the legend that, that talks about Pablo Escobar, the, you know, the famed Colombian drug dealer who, whose compound was raided by the police and that he and his family fled into the, the Colombian jungle. And legend has it that, that, you know, his daughter was cold. And so they, they took out, um, you know, dollars and they used it for kindling to light a fire. And apparently they burned through a million dollars of paper that night to keep his daughter warm. And so even in the context of a story like that, when is money not money? When it's kindling to burn a fire? You know, we get very obsessed with what money is and what how it works. And actually, we get to recognize that money is great for what it's good for. And it is really irrelevant where it isn't helpful. And so this is where, you know, that mastery piece comes in. The opportunity for us as small business owners, to, as, I get, as I said before, to make a decision. We can get really good at understanding and mastering and, and dealing well with cash flow and it can change our world or we cannot and it cannot. Ultimately, the choice is ours. And, you know, I respect every adult sovereign human to make the choice that they want. But the thing I do know is for me and for so many others, so many women are entrepreneurs of what we call necessity. They become entrepreneurs. They start these businesses because they need to feed their families. They need to put food on the table. And when you are in that situation, you can't, you, you are not going into business with the idea of failing. It, you literally are in a position where you can't afford to fail. If you can't afford to fail, then it helps you for you to invest in the things that will help you to succeed. And, and you know, when it comes to business, that a part of that is, is about learning how cash flow works and how to call that cash in, how to use it effectively and to very quickly support um, it to make sure that you um, that your cash is working for you and not just the other way around. I feel like I've said that already. So it was so nice. I said it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for yeah. They say repetition. The power actually lies in repetition. Indeed. In most of my book, I usually repeat a lot of uh, theme, uh, a lot of topics that I've discovered to be important in the conversation. So I will repeat it over a number of times. Of course, in my introduction, I will still say, "Okay, now as you are reading this book, you will see some repetition. It's not an error. I put it there on purpose." Because I want you to know, after you miss it in the first chapter, the second chapter, you're going to see it again. You cannot miss it if I repeat it three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> I love all it. All right. <laughs> so I thank all of you that are in the room. I really appreciate the conversation that we are having. And of course, you are here. If you were not here, we would be lonely. Me and Yika would be lonely. <laughs> <laughs> For the fact that you are here, believe that we are talking to somebody. 
So I appreciate your presence. I just want to let you know that the room is being recorded so that it can be available for those that are not here because there are people who wanted to participate but okay we understand sometimes we are we are hooked up in different places uh, for work or for other reasons so we cannot meet up everywhere so that is why we record this so that they can also have the chance to be able to learn from what we are discussing here today all right uh, yinka now I, I let me ask you this way uh, say somebody want to learn about cash flow because she wants to start a business uh, but the person is still currently working nine to five and he or she is considering exit plan. What would you recommend? Uh, a great, great question. Um, in kind of there's an ethereal version of the answer to this question and a really practical one. So the ethereal version is if you are planning an exit from your organization, um, the the first thing I would say is that as with all things, mindset is what separates the best from the rest. There is, unless you are in mortal danger or peril, um, I don't believe in, uh, you know, leaving a job um, without having a plan uh, because there is no need for that. Equally, you know, layoffs happen, you know, things happen and there are things that are outside of our control. But what I would suggest in order to not put yourself under undue pressure is to begin to create what I like to call a cash flow runway. Uh, which is you uh, being able to put money aside, um, you know, from your work, from your side hustle, um, and, and to really begin to, um, if you can imagine um, the old school speakers, uh, when the DJs used to play their music, if you can imagine your job um, being one of the bars, and then your side hustle or your next venture being another one of the bars. Um, and, and if you can imagine your job uh, decreasing, uh, the bar for your job decreasing over time in terms of how much headspace you're giving it, how much en energy and kind of focus you're giving in that way as you are preparing your exit. And you are allowing your um, side hustle to become more of your main hustle um, while you are also putting uh, cash away for you to be able to have thinking space and time. The fact is that you know, I often spend a lot of time working with women who are, you know, in the creative industries. And, you know, there's a real talking about miseducation and stories when it comes to cash. <laughs> there's a lot to be said for the whole starving artist, um, you know, uh, mantra or, or kind of uh, belief structures over in that space. But the fact is that, you know, we are at our most innovative and our most untethered when we don't have money worries. I cannot even imagine, we would probably have cured cancer a long time ago if if there were less money worries in the world and people were not energy focused on, you know, paying their bills. For me, giving money to British Gas rather than, you know, actually being an innovative and creative and coming up with new ideas. But what I would say is that if you are planning an exit and you are looking to start your own business, the, the number one thing you want to be clear on is your fastest path to cash. What is your fastest path to cash? What is the thing that you are going to offer that is valued in the marketplace? Um, because, and Chi Chi knows this because we were in a, a room together yesterday and I, I, I said this quote, value that isn't valued isn't treated as valuable. And so you need to make sure that you have value that is valued that you have something of, of value to offer in the marketplace that the market also values. And then that way you are able to, um, to be have that value treated as valuable and you are able to command a good amount of cash for the value that you're offering. 
And so the fastest path to cash is really, it's a really important opportunity for you um, to be really clear about your strategy um, and to ensure that you set your business up on the right footing. And so once you are clear about your fastest path to cash, then the next stage is to understand what adopting what I call a cash flow focus for your business so that you are able to, you know, fulfill whatever ambitions you have. You know, there isn't a business out here in, you know, in business world who has made, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten figures beyond. Every single business that has made, you know, six figures, seven figures started by making their first dollar, their first pound, their first euro. And so it's really about understanding that everything is if there is an opportunity for you to create, to go as far as you want to go if you have the right foundations. And the right foundations are cash flow foundations. That's fantastic. I, I love it again when you say there is a possibility for growth. That is very hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> More about so, the hope. <laughs> so that one cannot just look at his or herself and say, oh, well, no, they left me. I cannot get there. But no, you have to move from where you are to another place. Uh, and you are going to take one step at a time. You see, even if you were to be inside a jet, you are somewhere in London or in New York, you want to move to the next city, you are still going to take some time to get there, which means everything takes time, everything takes learning, everything takes understanding the fundamental, the basis. If you get the basis correct, then of course you are going to be growing. Is you are going to grow. You cannot suddenly just arrive, just get there. You know, if you want to fall asleep, you don't just get to the bed and immediately we just fall asleep. It doesn't work like that because this is a natural process. You are going to slowly, slowly doze off. And when you wake up, it's still like that. Suddenly somebody just come and tap you on the bed. Hey, 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 wake up, wake up. <laughs> but even that. You are still going to move from you, the, same, the, the different layers of of your of your of your being before you can be awake. No, hundred so everything. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I was I was just going to add that what you describe is really important. Cash can feel really daunting. It can, you know, wherever you are, whatever your situation is, can feel like wherever you want to get to can feel really far away. But I'm always inspired by the words that are attributed to Arthur Ashe, which is to start where you are and to do what you can and to use what you have. You don't need to be different. You don't need to be someone else. You, Who you are is exactly what you need right now in order to take the next step forward when it comes to cash flow, when it comes to business, when it comes to moving yourself into the position that you want to be in. So what you describe, I think, is really inspiring and and. As I said, I'm I'm really uh, hope, I hope if anyone has any questions that they will ask them. Um, but just giving people the opportunity to know that yes, you can start moving in a different direction today if that is what you desire. Absolutely, absolutely. And Yekad is challenging all of you. If there is anyone that is listening and having a, a curiosity, please uh, come aboard and say something, and she's here to respond to you. Anyway, while we wait for that. Um, I like to understand your take on this. Uh, in what way do you think uh, maybe uh, small businesses within the African diaspora community can leverage technology and digital solutions to optimize cash flow management? 
Um, there's a couple of things that I think are really important. We have, uh, I mean, tech is such a great leveler and um, gives us an opportunity to do so many things. We get to amplify our messages. Can you imagine, you know, if you put out a post um, on, you know, on social media, on a platform like this one, and it's seen by hundreds and hundreds of people, can you imagine what it would have been, um, you know, uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago to try and send that many letters to people to hear your message and see your, and see your words? And so we are an incredibly uh, fortunate time um, to have so much democratization of communication and knowledge. And so, you know, it is, again, about making decisions. One thing, for example, I encourage everybody to do this. I go into audio rooms because I like to listen, but also because I know that I have something of value and somebody who is in this room right now may well ha um, have a need that you can help them with. That means cash that belongs to you is currently sitting in someone else's bank account. And so <clears throat> I'm always minded to take the opportunities that I'm given in order for us to, to connect with people, to speak to people, to um, hear their needs and see, their, uh, see what problems they have that I can help solve. Ladies and gents, if you haven't taken the opportunity to hit the, the profile pictures of everybody in this room and to hit follow and hit connect, um, you are missing an opportunity to, um, to build a real powerful relationship. You're missing an opportunity to see a problem that you can solve in a way that, that really, you know, inspires and supports the other person. And you're missing out on cash. And the fact is that, honestly, the time is going to pass anyway. And so outside of the time that's already passing, the opportunity itself is available and free. So come on, ladies and gents, if, if we're not already taking the opportunity that tech in this uh, space is giving us, for example, let's please, 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 please take that opportunity. Click on their faces, check out their profiles, hit follow, hit send them a message, connect, connect with me. Like, honestly, I put content out every single day for free to help and support business owners around this area of cash. But I'm not the only one. I'm so excited to see Chi Chi on the stage. She and I were part of the LinkedIn Client Accelerator, um, uh, so, sorry, Content Accelerator together um, uh, late last year. She's an incredible coach. She is a LinkedIn top voice, someone you absolutely want to know if you do not know. LinkedIn is full of those people. And, you know, they're full of people who run these huge companies and they're on LinkedIn themselves, not their PAs, not their assistants, them. You have unparalleled access to opportunity, to people, to relationships and to information. And so, as I said at the top of the conversation, it's about a mindset that desires to do better and see better um, and, and then all of a sudden you see that the technology and pretty much the entire world is really your oyster. If you are not connecting, you are missing. Because how are you going to do business with other people if you do not know them? If you are not, if you are not interacting with them? This space, we are not paying for it. It's free. Okay, I understand. Depending on how we understand that, it might be that we are the product, yes. But we are also here to render service. Because how, it, how that happens now is that you know the other person. You know the problem he or she is facing. Now you suddenly realize that that is actually what you are, the solution you are providing to people because business is nothing more than you rendering a service or finding a solution to the problem of other people. If you see people, you are not talking to them. How do you intend to do business? Because people are the, are the uh, how do I put it? Uh, 
uh, at, the, at your employer, the, the people you are interacting with who are eventually going to be uh, giving you money for you to find solutions to them, then they want to employ you. If you are not talking to your employer, how can you be in business? 100%. <laughs> All the cash you want in this world is going to come from people. And people are here. People are here in this room. People are here on LinkedIn. So go get involved and go get good at people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Get that, get that. That's important. All right, Chichi, uh, okay, I don't know. Please uh, help me. You're going to help me with that if I didn't pronounce it correctly. Please say something <laughs> about the conversation. I, I'm happy to have you here. Thank you, Obehi and uh, Yinka. Thank you so much for your kind words. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, it's Chichi, a fellow Nigerian, uh, Ibo. Uh, so I wanted to just, um, you know, you, you mentioned so many important things there, Yinka, really around mindset, people's, where they're placing their priorities, particularly when they start their business or and that sort of thing. And I, I just want to hear from you. Why do you think, given all the opportunity that's in front of us, the access to platforms like LinkedIn, you know, access to so many people, um, so many tools, you know, the way AI is going, that people still do not focus on getting the cash in and get <laughs> with other things. I love this question. I couldn't have asked for a better question if I'd have primed you myself. So I want to say thank you for the question. Um, Chichi, the reason why we don't focus on cash is because um, our relationship with money, as I said, has been tainted through poor uh, programming, through story, through bad experiences. Um, and it takes a lot of courage. It really does. It takes a lot of courage to make the decision that you are not going to be controlled by your fear. And instead, you are going to unpack that and actually get to grips with it. It's it's part of the reason, um, for those of you who do follow me on socials and have seen my recent posts, it's part of the reason why I'm running an event tomorrow called The Cash Chat. Um, and the reason I'm running a cash chat is because we need to talk more about cash. And yet it is a scary thing to do. Uh, I, I, I cannot, you know, one of the statistics in, in preparation for that conversation, 84% of adults in the UK talk about having some fear or anxiety around money. 84%. That is a mind boggling statistic. And yet... That, and yet they they talk also about the, the the level of comfort people have about discussing um you know money with a a partner or a friend or their spouse is less than 20 and so your uh question chichi really speaks to a a social um but also a a kind of a common phenomenon among all of us which is that we've been taught from very early on that we don't talk about money and we don't focus on money because we don't want to be perceived as greedy and we don't want to be um, told that we are focusing, you know, we don't want people to think badly of us. And so we're, you know, we're told to focus on impact instead and focus on value. And actually money doesn't, the money doesn't, is not accidental. Money is intentional even when we're not. And so it's really important for us to recognize that the people who are the wealthiest in, in the holistic sense of the word. So they are wealthy financially, in health, in love, in, in happiness, in all of the things. And yes, I absolutely stand by the idea that you can have all of those things. Money doesn't buy happiness is another myth that we're sold a lot of the time. Um, money doesn't buy happiness. We're not trying to buy happiness in the shops. Money is for buying things. And yet you can have money and you can be happy. Equally, you can be poor and unhappy. And so it, it, we're presented with these false choices all the time. 
And so part of the reason why we don't focus on money is because money is scary and hard because of what we've been taught in the past. But we get to, as I said, part of the reason why I'm, you know, putting this event on tomorrow for women in business um, to chat about cash is because they will see what um, you get when you focus on cash in your business. They'll get the chance to hear you know, I hear I'm banging a drum for 58 minutes about cash, but they'll get to hear other people. I have, an, you know, an incredible friend and client who's also on the stage and she's going to share a little bit about her experience and to see what happens on the other side of that courage and on the other side of that fear. And then they have the opportunity to ask me questions, their own kind of cash flow questions. So in that, to answer your specific question, Chi-Chi, the reason we don't do it is because it's uncomfortable and because it's hard. And because actually we're taught not to, we're taught to focus on so many other things that are air quotes, building your business, but not everything that builds your business builds your cash flow. And so we, this is part of the reason why I do what I do and why I'm trying to change the education, change the focus to help more people to build businesses that last because a business without cash flow is, is going to die. I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. So powerful. Thank you for your question. I appreciate it. It's so good to see you. <laughs> Time usually is not always in our favor. Uh, so what would be your final thought here to conclude the conversation? My uh, final thought is simply that the business of business or the language of business success is cash flow. The literal difference between a business that is alive and a business that is not is the cash that it has at its disposal and under its control. And so um, when we look at the statistics and look at all the information and data that we have on business, we know that businesses are not doing well long term. And that is that is as a result of not focusing on cash. That's a result of focusing on all of the common wisdom that we've been taught. And yet what I'm also seeing and, and you know, I'm, I am definitely someone who is part of and leads cash flow. I'm also seeing the other side of that equation and how much how much life is better and different when you do focus on cash. And as I said before, we focus on cash so we don't have to focus on cash. It so that it doesn't force us to have to deal with it because now we're in lack and we're in problem and we're dealing with challenges. And so if I was to leave a parting uh, piece of, of wisdom, it is to please adopt a cash flow focus if you intend to run a sustainable business. Please feel free to follow me, connect with me. Ladies, if you're free tomorrow, come join me at the cash chat. I'm happy to share more details. Um, but please make this a priority if you want your business to survive. Because ultimately, if you have no cash, you have no business. Thank you so much for that, Ayinka. You are absolutely a bomb. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate the conversations. It's, it's because of time. I could have asked a few other questions, but that is okay. <laughs> we have learned a lot today. I mean, we'll, we'll have a, the reason to come back here next time. To I was going to say, you're definitely calling for a sequel then, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. So thank you to all of you that are, that are here, that have listened to the conversation. Please share. Uh, yes, connect with other people. Make sure you pay attention to what Ika has said. It is important that we understand the importance of cash flow in our businesses. And of course, it's true that because of time, uh, some of you didn't come on stage to talk about. That will be for another time. So thank you again for being here. We appreciate the time. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review over here podcast. 
and share with your friends who might need it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.